feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Because your perfume is smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the And in this hour of the Rita Cosby Show, we'll continue to talk about what happened with those police officers and the illegal migrants who were beating them, the two officers, a lieutenant and a cop, just kicking them and punching them all in a busy area of West 42nd Street, Times Square. You can see it on the footage, and it is heartbreaking to see it as a symbol of how far we have dropped, I think, in New York City and what a... Loose law system. That's the nicest thing I could say about the New York City Council and the state legislature in New York. When you sit and you look at all the different things that have happened in the last year or two, and we have this dynamic now of people coming in from the country. We don't know who they are. We don't know their criminal background. And now we know that they're, again, also laughing at our judicial system. And who wouldn't? It is a joke. And this comes... Also, as we're talking about these new bills that were passed just recently that encumber police with more paperwork, it is designed to bog them down and make sure that they're overloaded with paperwork and can't really do their jobs, that they have to fulfill some sort of quota and show, well, who did they stop? What is the race of that individual? What's the approximate age? Uh, What was the background? They're just trying to get information. Cops are just trying to do their job. And now they are going to be required to fill out this paperwork. There's going to be supervisors checking to make sure they got this paperwork in. This is a mess. It is a downright mess. And the mayor, yes, he did veto the bill, but the city council overrode his veto. And he sounded like he was talking tough, but he has given a bit of mixed signals. Listen to first what he said yesterday when he said he hopes that the veto doesn't get overridden, which of course it did. But listen to what he had to say about keeping New York safe. We want to continue to success, driving down crime in a real way and improving public safety in, in the city. Nothing should get in the way of this city being safe. I cannot say that enough. And that sounds great. But then he also said, you know what we're going to try to do, because this doesn't go into effect, I think, until July 1st, the legislation, this new one with more reporting requirements. So he said, you know what, I have a problem with this. I think these level one stops, which are sort of lower level stops, they shouldn't be required to do paperwork for that. Don't bother police with that. But these other ones that are sort of level two stops, which to a lot of people are fairly routine stops every day for cops, those ones they should have to fill paperwork for. Why doesn't he say they shouldn't have to do paperwork at all? He was a cop. He was a captain. He should know better. But here he is with this one. Council goal of increasing transparency in government. I believe in it. I believe in it 100%. This is what my life's work. This is what I have committed myself to do. But at the same time that I talk about transparency, I talk about public safety. And then he said at that point, again, this is before they overrode his veto. He said, you know what? 
I hope that the city council keeps his veto. In other words, doesn't force police to do this. But I wish he was banging his hand on the table when he said it. Listen to this. Urging the council to uphold the veto today and to spend some time of correcting uh, the area of the bill, the only area of the bill that I have a disagreement on, and that is the level one stops. The only area of the bill that I have a problem with is the level one stops. Why aren't you saying I have a problem with the whole bill and the whole process and what's going on here with law enforcement? This mayor is talking out of both sides of his mouth on this, and that's dangerous. And it also just shows politics. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra, line one. Sandra, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. You know, I think about this. We talk about this every single night, all of us, and I see it like drip, drip, drip from the faucet, a little every day, and nothing changes. And one of these days, I think it's going to take a big flood a change to happen. I don't see it. I don't see. I don't think it's going to happen. So I say to myself, if Trump were around, if anyone gave the finger <laughs> to a police officer, they would be gone. But we don't have Trump right now. So I don't know. I just I, I, I think this is not going to change. And I and I feel that they don't even deserve to go to jail. If they went to jail. They'll get three meals a day. They'll get things. Let them just go home. Do we even know where they come from when they come here? Do we do we get that information from them or they just come without any paperwork at all? I don't know. And then I say to myself, I wouldn't be surprised if some way, somehow the other side, the party gets these people permission to vote. I don't know if that's possible. Is it possible, do you think, Rita? Yeah, yeah. Well, two things. First off, your question about um, do we know where they came from? These guys, the ones who beat the cops, they came from Venezuela. And four of the five that were arrested, all of them out, including the guy who gave the double finger to uh, press, they, uh, at least four of the five of them that got out, are listing the city uh, migrant shelter as their residence. So that's their residence now, but they're originally from Venezuela. They've been here, I think, about a year. Um, So they're still getting freebies from, you know, everybody, including all of us taxpayers, and that's the thanks we get. Um, To your second point, I also do feel like there is a tone from top down, and I feel like The message, if it comes from the top, Biden and others, and and also New York, obviously leadership in this case, if it comes from the top, that you can get away with it, they take advantage of it. And I feel like in this particular case, I agree with you that I think so much of what's happening, I think the whole plan from the Biden administration, Sandra, at first, when we had people on the show, we had people like Chad Wolf and Ken Cuccinelli, who are with Homeland Security under Trump. And they came right away. You probably heard it when they came on the show. This was soon after Biden took over. They said, Rita, he's opening the borders wide open. You're going to see, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten million people under this president, the way he's going. And it's a plan to get them all here and one day say, "Okay, we're going to make them legal residents. I actually think that that absolutely is the plan because there's no other reason. Why else would you endanger the country in such a significant way? Uh, Why else would you cause so much harm? Why else would you have an open border? And now he's right. There's been about 10 million that have come under President Biden. And you even hear Kathy Hochul and others talking about expedited sort of 
work programs for them. So the ultimate goal, once they get work programs, then they're going to say, well, maybe we should make them allowed to vote. I could see them stepping. They're like inching towards it. And I also see this president at one point saying, well, I'll close the border uh, almost entirely if we can give everybody that's here citizenship. I I see him trying to cut a deal, and that's why even Republicans now in the Senate that are dealing with the legislation where they're trying to put a cap of 5,000 illegals a day, 5,000 a day. Remember, sometimes there's up to 10 or 12. There's been 1,250 one day, but they should not buckle under any deal. That's like saying, I'm only going to halfway rob the bank. It shows that they can control the border. But they don't want to control the border. And I have to believe, Sandra, it's all about getting votes. It's all about getting also seats for the census, because the more people that are in, they are counted in the census. So I think there's a lot of reasons behind this. But I think that's the ultimate plan. Uh, What do you think, Sandra? I think that's where it's headed. I think they're going to try at least. I hope I hope they don't buckle. I think you're right. I, do you think they could do it for this particular election? Is it is it possible? I hope not. No, I no, I don't think so because they would have to like go oh. through Congress and a whole bunch of other stuff on something like that. You would imagine they might try to like get an X amount, like they did get X amount, um, you know, work permits for Venezuelans um, because they claim that they were under tough situation. By the way, the guys who were beating the cops were all Venezuela. So, you know, you can make the case that uh, there may be, uh, they maybe don't appreciate authority. But despite all of those issues with that, it still has to go some of it through Congress and some of it through deals. Right. But you can bet that's why, Sandra, everybody listening out there, that is why if there's a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate, which, you know, could happen, you don't know, you never mm-hmm. know where elections mm-hmm. go, uh, then right. they could somehow say, okay, we're going to pass and we're going to approve all these things. That's why, wow. that's why you gotta, when you gotta get out and vote in November, you gotta make sure that you have people who will block those kind of crazy theories because you never know what could get pushed through Congress, even if it's like a narrow, narrow vote. And if they have the majority in both houses right now, they can't do it because Republicans have the votes in the House. And, of course, mm-hmm. the Democrats have the lead in the Senate, so they couldn't. But you never know what kind of legislation they might try to push through. And if you have a Democratic president who's pushing it, too, who knows where that's going to go? That's why this this is uh, the stakes couldn't be higher, I think, in November. Sandra, thank you. That's a great, great question. So many of them that you had. Uh, let's go to Norm real quick. Line two. Norm, your thoughts, my friend. Uh, my thoughts are we don't just got to vote in November, Rita. We got to vote 13 days from now, at least Nassau County does for Motsi Phillips. Yeah. And by the, the way, House. big debate and big debate on the 8th, right? February 8th, yes. I think, is a Mozzie uh, and Swazi debate. Like, I've been screaming like crazy for her today at Penn Station. So anyway, um, anyway, look, if a police lieutenant and an officer are getting assaulted, what are our chances? Um and my impressions about these young men are, number one, the designer clothing that they're uh, wearing. Uh, I thought that these people were coming here because they were impoverished. And uh, I noticed they're all wearing masks, which, uh, I, you know, I it used to be the only time you could wear a mask was on Halloween or Purim. So I don't know. I don't know how they're getting away with uh, wearing masks all the time. I know it was the COVID, but uh, they're not frightened of COVID, these young men. No, that's a great point. You're right. They seem to be totally taking advantage of the situation. And and the fact, you know, there's something so disgusting, Norm, about 
these guys, and particularly, uh, obviously, what they did is reprehensible. And then the guy who's walking out today, who's like laughing and and like mm-hmm. smiling, like, "Hey, here you go, America," you right. know, like I mean, and he's staying at a city migrant shelter. These ungrateful right. blank blank blanks. That's all I can think about, Norm. He was probably a prisoner back in Venezuela. I mean, that that's, you know, a lot of these people were, ex, you know, they're convicts from Venezuela that the, uh, you know, communist dictator there said, hey, go, go to America, go to America. And now they're our problem. So. Uh, and boy, are they our problem. Norm, thank you very much. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. This is the Rita Cosby Show. song because they are moving forward with articles of impeachment against Alejandro Mayorkas for dereliction at the border. And there is clearly a line in the sand, and it's pretty obvious that he has crossed it the first day, I would say, that he took over as the Homeland Security Secretary because it has just been a disaster. And I think it's important that they push forward with that vote because as we are seeing in this case of these illegal migrants that were beating up New York City police officers, smiling to the camera, giving the, you know, giving the finger and mocking America. To me, it just epitomizes everything that's wrong with a wide open border and how dangerous it is. And we were just hearing, I think it was Norm who said, hey, look, uh, he probably has a criminal record, especially the guy uh, that was given the old finger there in his country. We don't know. Venezuela is not showing information and giving information to American authorities, even if they ask for it. They can't. There's too many crossing the border illegally. They can't keep track of them. All they know is what country they're from. Sometimes you don't even know if that's accurate. You don't even know if their name is accurate. You don't know if they have a criminal history. You think it's the first time that these guys wreaked any havoc? Probably not if they were so quick to beat up on a cop. Uh, in the middle of crowded Times Square without repercussions and then kind of smiling. And if you see the guy, he's like giving the finger. He's got tattoos. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they're gang tattoos. Who knows? But guess what? 
That's what's coming to America. Are you happy with it? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Also, by the way, later on in this hour, we're going to talk about that stunning hearing that took place on Capitol Hill. Some really gripping testimony as some of the senators took it to some of the CEOs of these big tech companies saying, what are you doing that you are not blocking when somebody says, uh, there's like a, a warning sign that comes up and says, hey, the next thing you're about to look at could be pornography, could be kitty porn, and you might want to step away from this. And if you want to click and still see it, uh, even though I'm giving you a big warning, click on here. And there was a fiery exchange with Ted Cruz and Mark Zuckerberg, and he was saying, you know, don't you do something? Don't you report if somebody clicks on something and they know it's kiddie porn? What are you doing? And Mark Zuckerberg was like, uh, 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 uh. So we're going to play that because it was definitely an exchange for the record books. And it just shows all these very, very difficult layers, especially if you're a parent out there, how concerned you should be if your child is online and can get through. And it looks like, guess what? Facebook, Instagram, Meta, all these companies now are kind of, well, no big deal. They seem to have no sense of responsibility. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, uh, this is so troubling. And we were talking earlier about Good Samaritans. Where are the Good Samaritans uh, around when these cops were getting pummeled in Times Square? Rita, the Good Samaritan is now an endangered species. The new Good Samaritan is now defined as a hunter apologist and a Biden bootlicker. That's how I see them. You know, I would have intervened to stop the fight, the beating on the cops, knowing full well that I might get hurt. So always hoping that uh, somebody would intervene, hoping the bystanders would put their phones down and join in to help. That was my hope. I've done that before previously in my life at my own risk because that's how I was raised. But, you know, this would make a beautiful billboard on Times Square. Trump should take it out and say, miss me yet? If so, call 1-800-TRUMP. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point because I think you're right. It does sort of epitomize how low we have come to the point where these guys who cross the border, it's like everything wrong, these guys who cross the border have no respect for American justice, have no appreciation for the free migrant center that they've been staying at for a long time, it seems. And then they're mad that they're busted. And they're just beating the cops. They could care less. That's probably what they've done over and over and over again in their own country. And now they're here. Cosby is on. If I could turn the page in time, then I'd be just a day or two. Close my, close my, close my eyes. And we are sadly talking about law and disorder in New York and so many cities across this country. A lot of sanctuary cities uh, that said, come one, come all. We don't care if you have criminal records. We don't care if you're vetted or not. 
and this case that everybody is talking about the beatdown of the cops, which is just reprehensible, and the guy giving the double bird to the media after he gets let out and kind of laughing about American justice is everything wrong with the system. Also, as we're talking about justice, it was incredible today on Capitol Hill. They had a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. And in the hearing, they had some of the biggest social media platforms, some of the leaders of them, including the CEO of Meta, Mark Zuckerberg, who was answering questions about Facebook and Instagram and things that they do online and more so what they don't do online to protect kids from sexual exploitation and especially kiddie porn and some of these things. Uh, that just go on where there's barely any blocks. And, you know, kids going online, they see a lot of stuff. So what role does social media bear and what doesn't it bear? Well, today, a really searing, just grilling by Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz. You have to listen to this encounter. This is Ted Cruz grilling Mark Zuckerberg about these images of sexual abuse and what they are doing and not doing specifically when somebody clicks on some of these reprehensible images, no matter what age they are. Instagram also displayed the following warning screen to individuals who were searching for child abuse material. These results may contain images of child sexual abuse. And then you gave users two choices. Get resources or see results anyway. Mr. Zuckerberg, what the hell were you thinking? All right, Senator. Um, the, the, The basic science behind that is that when people are searching for something that is problematic, it's often helpful to rather than just blocking it to help direct them towards something that um, that could be helpful for getting them to get help. In, in what I also, understand, get resources. In what sane universe is there a link for see results anyway? Well, because we might be wrong. We we try to trigger this this uh, warning, or we tried to, um, when we think that there's any chance that the results. Okay, you might, might be, be wrong. Let me ask you: How many times was this warning screen displayed? I don't know, but the but the hey, you don't know. Why don't you know? I, I I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. Uh, I don't know, but if he was asked uh, how many people clicked on a Taylor Swift picture, I bet you he would know the answer. But somehow they just don't have the way to figure that out. The algorithms to figure it out when it's kitty porn. That to me was a shocking moment. And here's what Senator Lindsey Graham had to say afterwards. Listen to this one, Mr. Zuckerberg. You and the companies before us, I know you don't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people. When we had cigarettes killing people, we did some about it, maybe not enough. You're going to talk about guns. We have the ATF. Nothing here. There's not a damn thing anybody can do about it. You can't be sued. Now, Senator... Blumenthal and Blackburn, who've been like the dynamic duo here, have found emails from your company where they warned you about this stuff, and you decided not to hire 45 people that could do a better job of policing this. So the bottom line is you can't be sued. You should be. 
And these emails would be great for punitive damages. But the courtrooms closed every American abused by all the companies in front of me. Yeah, that was a powerful moment. And then another highlight here is Josh Hawley and Mark Zuckerberg. Listen to this exchange. So you didn't take any action. You didn't take any action. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't compensated a single victim. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? Would you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? Why, Mr. Zuckerberg, why should your company not be sued for this? Why is it that you can claim you hide behind a liability shield? You can't be held accountable. Shouldn't that was a powerful moment. Zuckerberg turns around and he looks at there were dozens of family members. They're holding up pictures of their loved ones. Many of the kids who had suicide committed suicide because of cyberbullying or uh, were caught up in kitty porn. I mean, it, it was so powerful. And yeah, he looked, you just heard, you could kind of hear him off because he was off mic, but he said, you know, I'm sorry for whatever your families went through, and that's why we're doing more to be able to protect to protect other families. He didn't say, we bear responsibility. He was very careful with that. And in fact, after all this, he sat in the hot seat again and said, no, I don't really think we play any role. There's not really any research. That is not true. There is research that shows that kids get very addicted to what they see online. And certainly anybody who is trolling for kitty porn, uh, there's a problem there. So they're kind of trying to have it both ways. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan. Stan, uh, I assume, I know you want to talk about the hearing. Is it This hearing was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I watched it. Uh, I found it pathetically sick. I mean, uh, these guys are up there. And to some extent, they are guilty. There's no doubt in my mind. You His mean apolog- the, the uh, social media executives? Yeah, they're yeah. Up, to a, up to a point, Rita. Up to a point. And he apologized. He should have did more than apologize and so forth. But, Rita, here's the point, Rita. No one goes to the computer and it uh, says you have to turn on the computer. No one says, where's mommy and daddy? And no one oversees the kids. No one says, uh, these kids are in the house by themselves. And they can watch anything. I believe there should be something on the computer where the parents have control that they don't let these kids on it until they're home. These people committed suicide. One person bought drugs. No one forced them to buy drugs. No one, Zuckerberg, he put it on. He should have had it on. But these kids go on there. No one's telling them, hey, son, go ahead, look at this. They're doing it on their own. Where the hell are the parents? Zuckerberg has a responsibility. Absolutely. All of them. But for the guy to say they're, they're guilty of, of de- killing these people, they're not. These kids got on themselves. They stayed on for hours. Where the hell, Rita? Please, where were the parents? Were they looking somewhere else? And then these kids died. 
they were on for weeks, months, who knows how long they were on. Where was the mother and father? Hey, you're not supposed to be doing this. There should be some kind of click or something on the machine. I thought there was where the parents can keep it off until they come home. They should know what their kids are looking at. I'm saddened and tragic that these kids did this. But they weren't forced to do it. They went on by themselves, Rita. It's tragic. But no one put a gun to their head. Their kids, they had no business going on these sites. Absolutely. But where are the parents, Rita? They- I, uh, listen, Stan, I agree the parents should have been around. Obviously, you have to be monitoring what your kids are doing. There's no question. On the other hand, a lot of times kids are sneaky. You know, you don't know where they're going online. You don't know what they're doing. Often parents are working one, two jobs. You know, they don't always know what their kids are looking at and how they're looking at. They find workarounds. There are some of these, obviously, places that have the filters on the computer that parents can monitor where they're going. A lot of parents don't have it uh, or don't know how to use it or kids find, again, the way to get around it. The other thing, though, Stan, is on the kitty porn issue. Uh, kitty porn's illegal, all right? So, I mean, why would you have these things, images on there, and then there's a filter, as we heard. This was that exchange with Ted Cruz that I was playing, and I watched a lot of the hearing, too. It was really powerful. It comes up and it says, hey, you're about to click on kitty porn. Uh, You want to go there anyway? Uh, Anybody who clicks on that, there should be some trigger somewhere. Uh, Hey, we're about to, you're about to watch something completely illegal and immoral and disgusting. You want to go there anyway? And yeah, what the heck? Let's not worry about it. You can't necessarily, they can't wash their hands and say, oh, I have zero responsibility. At that point, they know the person is reading that it's going to a site with some really reprehensible material, and they're still willing to go there anyway. Don't you think maybe somehow they should be alerting authorities that that person is a sicko, whether they're an adult or a child? If it's a child, they need help. And if it is uh, an adult, they need to be in jail. So, Stan, forgive me. I don't have a lot of compassion for the CEOs that say, oh, yeah, no big deal. We don't have any, bear any responsible you know, behavior. I mean, at that point, don't you agree that that's a little different? We have a responsibility up to a point. I'm not arguing. There should be some kind of censoring device, something. But look what happened. All of these kids, and they were on not just for 10 minutes, for weeks, and they kept going back and back where they got addicted. The question is, why wasn't the mother and father and anybody? Forget adults. These are kids. Some kid bought uh, drugs on things. Where are the parents? I agree, but you know, kids find kids. Kids get around it. Kids get rid of the computer. Pull out the damn plug. If most of, I have no fear. If they had pulled out the plug, and I bet these parents still have the computers in the house. If you would pull out the plug, their kids or people would still be alive. Yeah, but that's 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 sort of that's victim shaming, Stan. And I and you know what? You know what? And I I hear you. That parents do clearly have a role. There's no question. Supporting the computer guy, you know that. Yeah, I, no, no, no. Uh, but but, but come on, it's a there's a lot of layers. And, and yes, exactly. But they, they didn't put the gun in their head. These kids did it, and so forth. And no one stopped them. No, there should be a trigger on the computer. And you can't come on until I come home. Or you, I think that's legitimate. You have kids, I do too. Kids. I do too. But you Absolutely. know the problem is, you know what happens with kids? They go over and and somebody else has a computer that's wide open, and that person's family doesn't have a, a lock on it or a filter, and they always find ways to get around it. Stan, that's the problem. 
And, you know, I don't want to start blaming the kids, but I will say that parents clearly do have a bigger role and they got to be parents. And no matter how busy they are, um, you know, you got to be aware of what your kids are doing at all hours of the day. And you're right. There needs to be more filters. I will agree with you on that. But my heart still breaks for these parents. And I do think there is something really unseemly on the second point that I was talking about with these reprehensible sites that do have some really disgusting things. And it is clear you are clicking on something illegal and disgusting at that point. And most of those in that case, this is a separate issue than the kids. These are the adults. I mean, and the fact that they don't seem to feel like they have any responsibility. They can just put whatever they want out there. And once in a while, they'll give information to authorities. But a lot of times they don't. They have no clue. That, to me, is immoral, and there needs to be greater responsibility. What I will say also is a lot of these members of Congress, we've heard some of these hearings before, and we have heard, you know, the scolding of social media before. I'm glad Zuckerberg looked and semi-apologized to the family. I think he could have done more, and I think every single one of them should be doing it. But I also think that these members of Congress on all sides of the aisle— They shouldn't just be doing these hearings. After the hearings leave, don't just showboat for the cameras. What are you going to do? There are some things they can do when it's something like illegal behavior. And there are some suggestions they can give to parents, like we're talking about now, Stan, to help parents and embolden parents. As much as we know there's filters out there, not every parent knows some of the things they can do and can't do. So I think they could be doing some things to help save other people and not just be showboating for the cameras. They can't just be doing these hearings and then next year another one happens and nothing happens in between. Uh, That to me is ridiculous. Stan, thank you very much. I agree with you on most of your points, except the victim shaming. I don't like that. And everybody, here is our beautiful Support Our Heroes segment. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a powerful story coming from Muncie, Indiana, where just this week, Congressional Representative Victoria Sparks from Indiana honored Vietnam War veteran Roy Springfield with two military awards, the National Defense Service Medal and the Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal. The National Service Defense Medal is awarded for honorable active military service as a member of the Armed Forces, and the Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal is awarded to members of the U.S. Armed Forces who, after July 1st, 1958, participated in a military operation and encountered foreign armed opposition or were in danger of hostile action by foreign armed forces. This veteran served as an Army sergeant in the Vietnam War, and he was one of the last soldiers to leave his base. As he was exiting the base, Sergeant Springfield managed to secure an American flag, rescuing it from enemy hands. This was, by the way, the very flag that was highlighted and presented with him at the award ceremony this week as were many friends and family members cheering him on. And the congresswoman said, it was my privilege to present Vietnam veteran Springfield with this incredible and powerful, these two awards honoring his service and his sacrifice to our nation. 
she said, quote, I'm so grateful for Roy's bravery, humbled to express our appreciation on behalf of the American people, even if it is 61 years later. What a powerful, powerful story. And everybody, be sure to support America's great military and our first responder heroes. All you have to do is donate just $11 a month to the Great Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Simply go to t2t.org, t2t.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. It was a beautiful day. Sun beat down. I had the radio on. I was driving. And by the way, we are waiting to see what Judge Arthur N. Goron does. He is the judge who's been dealing with the Trump business organization case, the criminal trial. Remember with Letitia James and all of that stuff. And he was supposed to come back with his verdict today and he didn't. So it's expected tomorrow. So let's see what he does. Is he going to give, uh, what, $83.3 million? Like E. Jean Carroll got? And there's stories of E. Jean Carroll kind of mucking it up with members of the media, MSNBC and Rolling Stone, according to one of these reports. She was also on MSNBC talking about, hey, what are you going to do for women's rights? And some of the reports of that interview were showing, oh, no, no, no. You know, what I'm planning to do, having a little fun, Let me, let's go shopping. Let's go do a couple things, and maybe I'll buy one attorney a car, I'll do this, and so-and-so. Rachel Maddow, you want to go on a shopping spree with me? It really sounds like uh, she is uh, really appreciating the penalty that Donald Trump has incurred, the $83 million defamation. And by the way, I have no faith in Arthur Ngoron uh, making a level-headed decision either. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, let us go to Let's go to Tony and Clifton. Tony, your thoughts uh, about everything we're talking about tonight? Hi, Rita. Great show. I think the theme for tonight is moral depravity. You know, when you talk about all, uh, Rachel Maddow, that's all I could think of is moral depravity. But on the topic of the hearings today, it was really stunning because what we learned from the hearings on the TikTok which I watched, it was over not even a year ago, was that we, in fact, had no idea what TikTok presented. We learned that in China, they don't even allow children underage to have access to that. And we also learned, which was surprising, that there's controls you could put in. You know, so when you do a program, if a child is a certain age, they can't even get on. But that was an eye-opener because I realized how many people, and I think it was the Congress, who really didn't understand computers at all. And they had all these sort of searching questions and they were shy about it. Here we are with Mark Zuckerberg, and we don't even get it. I mean, he should really have had this under control already. And honestly, in this day and age, 
for children to have access to this. You do. You should be able to say your age. But once you do, and that's done with a parent, if you're underage, you don't get in. And that's all you need to do. Yeah. And, and, and I contend, Tony, on, on the stuff, especially when we're dealing with the really disgusting stuff that I was talking about with the filters that they have warnings or the warnings that they still let people click through. There should be some immediate trigger. It doesn't matter what your age is. If you're clicking through on like a kiddie porn site, uh, there's trouble. You know, I mean, this is really, really crazy stuff, but I agree with you.